Hello everyone, good day. Wherever you may be, however you may be listening, welcome to this podcast. My name is Pastor Phil Beatty. I'm the lead pastor of Hartford City Church in Hartford, Connecticut. And today I want to do an episode of Going Deeper. I'm going to be doing this series Going Deeper in the book of James. It's part of a series that I'm preaching on at Hartford City Church right now. This study on the book of James is going to take us from Easter through Pentecost, which is May 20th. So from now until May 20th, we are going to be looking at the book of James. As I mentioned on Sunday morning, there is just so much information packed into this book that it is impossible for one person to break it all down for you in uh, 30 to 40 minutes on a Sunday morning. So what I want to do is offer these podcasts throughout the week, a chance for you to go deeper, a chance for you to dig more into the scripture, to understand everything that's being said. And I believe that you will be blessed by it and you will grow in your faith and that we will all grow deeper in God's word and therefore become more like Christ, become who he wants us to be. For that's the true goal of every Christian is to become more like Christ, is it not? So the book of James. The book of James is a great book of uh, wisdom. It's written in a similar style to the wisdom literature of the Hebrews. It's got many things to teach us about what being a real Christian is. And a Christian is simply someone who follows Jesus Christ, someone who wants to become like Jesus Christ through the grace and the strength of the Holy Spirit, not of our own effort. Uh, But this book helps us to do an evaluation of ourselves to see if we are truly living out the way that we should be living out the faith. Uh, You could sum it up to say James is about walking the walk and not just talking the talk. And I believe that it gives us some great advice. It gives us some great wisdom. It gives us some great things to think about as we go through life. Now, some of these things are challenging. They're hard to understand, and we might not understand them all in the beginning. In fact, even I, as a pastor, you know, with 30 years in the ministry, with as many studies as I've done, there are still such deep, rich treasures of the Word that I am discovering and learning things along the way as well. So sometimes what I get is not the fullness of what the wisdom is there. So that's why I offer this to you just as a guide to help you and I go deeper, and there may be more beyond even what I'm able to unpack and understand in these few weeks that we have together. But I really hope that you will take the time to pray, to dig into God's word, to read, to meditate. And I hope this podcast helps you to do that. And along the way, I will be praying for the Holy Spirit to reveal to you and to me the truth of his word, of what he wants us to hear, and therefore how it can change and transform our lives. So let's go into James chapter one this morning verses 5 through 8, and this is going to be a podcast on the subject of prayer as it relates to persevering under pressure. So again, this is James chapter 1, verses 5 through 8, and the subject we will be dealing with is prayer and how it relates to persevering under pressure. I would like to read the scripture today from two different versions, first from the message translation, and then secondly from the NIV. And again, I encourage you in your personal study of the Bible to compare translations. The Bible app is a great resource to do that. You can read the same section or verses in different translations so that you can get a fuller understanding of what the original text intended for us to know and to understand. So I'm going to read from the message because it gives us a little different angle to look at it. It's written in a more common down-to-earth language. And then I'm going to read from the NIV because the NIV, I believe, is the best version that combines the scholarly research with the readability. So we're going to compare and contrast both of those and hopefully come to a deeper understanding of what our brother James, who wrote this letter to the believers in the first century, is saying to us about prayer 
and persevering under pressure. So thank you for indulging me in a bit of introduction on this first Going Deeper podcast. And uh, let's go ahead and get into the scripture verse this morning, shall we? James chapter 1, verses 5 through 8. First from the message. If you don't know what you're doing, pray to the Father. He loves to help. You'll get his help, and it won't be condescended to when you ask for it. Ask boldly, believingly, without a second thought. People who worry their prayers are like wind-whipped waves. Don't think you're going to get anything from the master that way. Adrift at sea, keeping all your options open. And again, James chapter 1, verses 5 through 8, from the New International Version of the Holy Scriptures. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all that they do. So as we've been discussing as we begin the book of James, and I encourage you if you haven't listened yet to listen to the first sermon in this series, which is from this past Sunday, that following Jesus, being a Christian, is a process. And it's a process that's difficult by design. And if we want to achieve what God wants us to achieve, if we are to enter into the purposes that God has for us, then we must understand how we can persevere under pressure. So James continues on after he tells us to persevere under pressure by saying that if we don't know what we're doing, we should pray to the Father. If we lack wisdom, we should ask God. And therefore, we see that prayer is very important to persevering under pressure. I told the story last Sunday of a turtle in the sand that had wandered off in the wrong direction away from the ocean, out on the hot sand dunes, where death was certain, covered with dry sand, dehydrated, just ready to die. And it took someone to come along and rescue that turtle and take her back to the ocean, back to the waters of life. And so sometimes I believe in our lives, we have wandered off in the wrong direction. Sometimes we have gotten so lost that we're actually stuck. Sometimes the pressure or the process that we're in is so difficult that there really is nothing that we can physically do. Again, I don't know what that situation might be for some of you, but I want to honor the fact that sometimes you feel like you are in a situation where there is literally nothing you can do. Maybe it's because of things other people have done. Maybe it's because of circumstances beyond your control. Maybe it's a natural disaster. Maybe it's a tragedy. There are many things that can cause us to be in a place where we are very close to being 100% helpless, where we cannot help ourselves. But I believe that what the message this morning is about prayer is that prayer is the one thing that we can do no matter what. No matter what situation we are in, we can cry out to God. We can cry out to God as long as we have consciousness, as long as there is the breath of life in us that we can pray And I believe that praying is the first step to taking charge of our process. That in fact, before we take a step to walk through our process, that we should ask for wisdom, as James says. That we should ask God for an understanding, not only of the situation we're in, but for wisdom as to what to do next. I also mentioned in my last sermon about the story of the disciples who were in the boat with Jesus during the storm, and the storm was so bad that it was threatening to destroy them and their boat. Jesus was asleep in the bottom of the boat, 
Of course, we know that Jesus did not, he needed to sleep because he was human, but God does not need to sleep in our lives. But it becomes somewhat of a parable for us that we feel like God is asleep in our lives, don't we? Anyone know what I'm talking about? And we feel like that he's not really paying attention to what's going on to us. And we wonder why it seems that way, why we seem so alone, like, like we're just lost and adrift at sea. But as the scripture says, we should believe and trust in God. If we don't, then we are like tossed at the sea, tossed by the waves, you know, the wind blowing us this way and that. But when we trust in God, we know that we have an anchor for our soul, as the old preachers used to say. And so then calling out to Jesus becomes that act of prayer. The disciples tried everything on their own, and then they went and called on Jesus. And in our lives, we often do the same thing. I know that I do as well. I, I trust in my own strength, my own ideas, my own energy, my own enthusiasm, sometimes my own networks or people that I know to get things done. But many times God is calling me to a place of prayer first and foremost. That calling on Jesus, crying out to God, saying, hey God, wake up. I'm in trouble here. I need help. And what I love about this passage is, is James says that God loves to help. He says God gives generously to everyone. Doesn't look down upon us, doesn't find fault in us, but when we cry out to God, He is a good God who loves to give us help. He is generous. So I have four things that I want to talk about with prayer with you this morning. First of all, that prayer works. Second, that we must accept God's answer. Third, that we must learn to be bold in our faith. And four, we need to put all of our hope in Jesus, not keep our options open. So let's begin with point number one, prayer works. So if God is good and God loves us, then he loves to help us and he loves to give us what is good. And God does help us. When we cry unto the Lord, we can be confident that he helps us. When the disciples woke up Jesus in the boat, he got up and he helped them and he saved them and he showed them that he was operating out of the confidence that God is in control of all things. God gives us wisdom when we don't know what to do. When we don't understand the situation that we're in and we don't know what next steps we should take to get through the situation that we are in, we know that we can ask God for wisdom. The scripture says it. The scripture says that we can ask God for wisdom and he will give it to us. That God loves us and he loves to help us. Sometimes that wisdom is just the next step. Sometimes what we're given is not the whole picture, but just the next step, just the next piece, just the next thing that we should do. Sometimes it's just the assurance that he is with us. God is saying, listen, I know you're wondering about what to do, but right now I want you to just be. Oh, amen. Maybe some of you today are in that situation where you're wondering what God wants you to do. And God is saying to you, I just want you to be. I just want you to be with me for a minute. It's, he's speaking to you like he was speaking to his friend Martha when he said, Martha, my dear Martha, you are worried about so many things, but only one thing is needed, and that is to sit at the feet of Jesus like Sister Mary did and just be in his presence. Sometimes God wants us to know that he's with us and that he is at work and that we can trust God. We can trust the process we're in because God is good. So we need to know that because God is good, because he loves us, he loves to help us, and therefore prayer does work. Second point is that we must accept God's answer. You know, we must have faith and trust in God when it comes to prayer. We must believe and not doubt, as the scripture says. Well, one way we do that 
is that we accept his answer. We accept God's answer. You see, the old saying goes that God can answer us in three ways. He can say yes to our prayer in the way that we prayed it. He can say, no, you need to wait for a minute. It's not the right time. Or he can simply say no. But faith and trust in prayer is accepting God's answer because he is greater than us. He is wiser than us. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. Therefore, we must trust in God's answer. If God says no to our prayer, then perhaps we are asking for something out of our own wisdom and not God's wisdom. So in those situations, I believe that we need to back up in our prayers a bit and ask God for the wisdom of what to pray. So if you've been praying to God for something and you feel like God is telling you no, then you need to back up and say, God, am I praying out of my own wisdom? Am I praying out of my own wisdom and not the wisdom that you have for me? For instance, someone may be praying for a relationship that they want to be in with a person and they're asking God to give them a relationship with that person and yet they don't seem to be able to be having a relationship with that person. Well, God may be saying no and that may be a difficult answer to accept from God. But maybe that person takes a step back and says, okay, God, you're saying no to me. Why are you saying no to me? What is it I need to know? What is the better prayer for myself right now? Because see, we often pray for the immediate needs that we have, the physical, emotional, spiritual needs that we have. But sometimes God wants us to take a step back and pray for something deeper first. Uh, usually there's something that we're missing. There's something larger. So God is at work in a way we don't understand when he says no to our prayers. And if God doesn't give it to us, what we're praying for, then we must be assured that it is not good for us. God will not give us something that is not good for us. God will not give us something that we ask for in our own wisdom, our own strength. So we must accept his no and trust that his answer is better for us than what we're asking for. Sometimes it's just a matter of waiting. Maybe the pressure we're under is still doing its work, as we talked about earlier, that God might be saying it's not time for you to get out of the situation yet, that you need to stay in the situation until you are formed and the things in you, your character, your maturity, produce the fruit that I'm desiring. And then you'll be ready to move on. Then you'll be ready to receive what God wants to give you. See, waiting on God's answer in our lives, it produces God-sized fruit in us. God's timing is much better than ours. And so waiting on God for his answer is also a matter of trust. Again, we must have faith and trust when it comes to prayer. If God says yes, then we can be assured that we are ready to emerge from the process we are in, to receive what God wants to give us, and that the timing is right for us to move in that direction or to receive what God has given us. So first of all, remember that prayer does work because God loves us and he loves to help us and he will help us. Second, we must accept God's answer. God knows what is best for us and he will answer yes, no, or wait. And we must accept that answer. The third point is that we must go ahead and be bold. Uh, the scripture says that a real Christian is bold, that, that we must boldly ask God, confidently ask God, uh, come before him in prayer with boldness. You see, a real Christian is bold. A real Christian is not, not shaky. A real Christian is not going back and forth. A real Christian is bold in their faith. I can do all things through Jesus Christ who gives me strength, means that I'm even able to endure suffering, to embrace the pain, to die to myself. It means I can boldly accept whatever God gives to me. So being bold is not saying, God, give me this, and then knowing that God will give it to me, but rather saying, God, give me this, and knowing that whatever the answer is, that I'm still walking boldly in my faith. That if God says no to me, I can say, okay, Lord, I praise your name anyhow. I praise your name even in 
the jail cell, even in the pit, even in the darkest of the night. God, I still praise your name. I am bold to ask you what is on my heart, bold to come to you in prayer. I can get up and keep going in life, knowing that God is with me every step of the way. Trusting God means putting it all on God and not going back and forth all of the time. So we know the prayer works, therefore we can be bold. We must accept his answer in faith and trust. And there must be a boldness to live into whatever answer he gives us. And boldness is a part of what it means to have faith in Jesus Christ and to follow him. You know, it reminds me of a story that is told in the Gospels, the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 15, verses 21. A story of Jesus and a woman who was not part of the Jewish nation, but rather she was a Canaanite. And I believe that this story illustrates how Jesus is drawn to the boldness of the prayer of faith to the request of someone. Uh, let me read that for you real quickly, the story. The Gospel writer Matthew says, Leaving that place, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. A Canaanite woman from that vicinity came to him, crying out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is demon-possessed and suffering terribly. And Jesus did not answer a word. So his disciples came to him and urged him, Send her away, for she keeps crying out after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. Then the woman came and knelt before him. Lord, help me, she said. Jesus replied, It is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Yes, it is, Lord, she said. Even the dogs eat crumbs that fall from under their master's table. And then Jesus said to her, Woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. And her daughter was healed at that very moment. Wow, that story just illustrates that, that Jesus is drawn to boldness. Jesus is drawn to boldness. You know, she persisted. She did not accept the immediate answer you know she kept praying and so there is a part where we need to keep praying to God right we must accept his final answer but God may not have yet given you his final answer amen so here's another deeper layer to what we're talking about you need to keep praying until you get that final answer when that final answer comes you must accept it for that moment that you were in but perhaps you have not received the final answer and God wants you to persist in prayer and the last point I want to make today is that we should not keep our options open. I love how the message puts it. It says, don't think you're going to get anything from the master if you doubt because you're keeping all your options open. You know, uh, the NIV says that a person who you know, keeps their options open and goes back and forth is someone who's double-minded, someone who is unstable. For you see that as a Christian, as a follower of Jesus, when all my hope, all my trust, all my strength is on God, then I don't quit praying. I keep praying until I understand better how to pray and until the time is right for me to emerge from the process I am in. So I have this question for you as we conclude today. Are you keeping your options open or are you putting it all on God? And what I mean by keeping your options open, I mean that as a Christian, we're not to mess around with other stuff. You know, those who don't follow Jesus, sometimes they turn to other things like psychics, you know, other religions, perhaps, you know, witchcraft or Santeria or botanicas or maybe other types of uh, spiritualities, things of this world, things that are not of God. Because it's like, well, okay, I'm going to pray in church, but I'm also going to do this and do this and do this. And, and we're trying to keep all of our options open, you know, just in case there's something else. Some people are going to church, but they're like, ah, oh, but I don't know. I, I want to keep all my options open. You don't know what it is. And in those cases, we're just being tossed back and forth, back and forth. And we're not developing the kind of faith and trust that God wants us to have. Sometimes we keep our options open by just trying to do it ourselves. Yeah, we pray to God, but we still push ahead, try to take care of business on my own, try to do things my own way with my own strength. 
because I trust myself really more than I trust God. And God is saying, listen, if you want to persevere under pressure, you don't need to keep your options open. Just put all your hope on me. And that's my challenge to each and every one of you today is put all of your hope in Jesus Christ. Do it through prayer. Believe that prayer works, that God loves you and God loves to help you and he will help you. Accept the answer that he gives you at the time, knowing that whether his answer is yes, no, or wait, that you have the strength to do all things with Jesus Christ in your life. Third, be bold. Don't stop praying until you receive that final answer. And even then, keep praying because then you might move on to the next thing. You need to be bold. You need to boldly ask God. You need to have faith and confidence that the more you are in God's word and the more you are communicating with him, the more you have confidence in the prayers that you are praying to him. And don't keep your options open. Don't keep fooling around with other things of this world, things that are of the devil, things that are of Satan, things that are of of worldly desires or material gain. Uh, But put everything on Jesus. Put all your hope, all your trust on Jesus. And he will give us the strength to persevere under pressure. Uh, So that's all the thoughts I have for today on prayer. There's so much more to say on prayer. It's such a huge subject. And of course, the book of James uh, later on in a few weeks is going to talk more about prayer. So we'll be touching on it again. So I'll see you guys again soon at the next podcast as we dig a little deeper into God's word together. And also we will be looking at this book of James every Sunday between now and Easter Sunday. If you can join us at Hartford City Church, we're at 15 Vernon Street in Hartford, the corner of Vernon and Washington, in the music auditorium of the Learning Corridor. We'd love to see you at 1030 a.m. each and every Sunday. And if you're not able to make it with us, you can also see us on Periscope, uh, which can be accessed through our Twitter account. And uh, links are also put up on our Facebook page as well. So God bless you all today. And let's be praying for each other as we pursue this process of becoming more like Christ together. Amen.